Investing made easy and cool. As a society, we are moving to more conscious living. And that's just in a personal space, in our social awareness of each other. So ESG is just putting all of that consciousness that we are applying every day into the business spectrum of it. I do not hope that as a society and as a people we'll ever move to a place where we're not being aware of the environment, being aware of each other. And because of that, I don't think businesses can shy away from that. And I don't think it's something that will fall away. I agree with you. I I think there is a a culture of investors thinking a bit more about the environment, about the social impact that these companies are having on our society, and then using that as a measurement of whether to invest in it or not. And I think it's a way to also hold the company accountable. Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. <laughs> Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. This podcast is all about making investing fun and relatable. And along your journey to investing, you come across a number of terms that might dribble you. ETF, dividends, and ESG. ESG is the one that recently caught my eye. And I kept wondering, what on earth is this? So I needed to get in a pro to uh, give us the 411 on what ESG investing is. My name is DJ At Large, your host of the Easy Does It podcast. And today I needed to get in a pro to school me and the rest of the listeners. What on earth is ESG? So we've gotten a fantastic ESG consultant by the name of Coletta Simungu. Apparently, she knows everything. So I need to humble myself, introduce <laughs> her onto the podcast. Coletta, thank you so much for joining me on the Easy Does It podcast. Hi, Tepo. I just have to put a disclaimer. Look, I work in ESG. It's what I do every day, but it's consistently evolving. So... Any listeners who are like, what is this? Don't worry. I go through the same process sometimes where it's like, what exactly am I doing? So (laughs) I won't call myself an expert, but I think um, I have a good sense of where we are now and what we're trying to, to trying to achieve at least when we are take, when we speak of um, ESG. Yeah, what I can guarantee is you definitely know more than me. So <laughs> that is definitely a plus. Uh, before we get into the conversation, we're recording the podcast remotely. Uh, where, where are you currently based at the moment? So I'm actually based in Johannesburg. So I live in Rivonia area. That's where I live and work. Kaleta, before we get into this discussion on ESG and you break it down for us, I've got a random money question for you. Uh, it always gives me and the listeners an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. So in terms of guilty pleasures, what's that one item or service that you would spend your last rand on? Like you're down to your last rand, but you're like, I love this thing or the service so much. I'm willing to spend my money. Is is there a guilty pleasure that you have? Yeah, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> that pause. So what is it? Share it with us. I think it's definitely prepared food. Anything that's edible, that is good. I will spend my muscle, my last money on it. Is it biltong? Is it... So the thing about me mm. is I actually don't like cooking at oh. all. So if I can avoid having to stand at the stove and buy the food somewhere or source it from someone, I will spend my money on that. But definitely my guilty pleasure in terms of food would probably also be Biltong. So that's also, Ooh. I have the two competitors. Okay, <laughs> and, and we're different because I'm a big cooker. So I think you need to find friends that cook for you. 
think that's the, the short-term solution for you. I have quite a lot of friends who like to cook, so I always have Tupperware. I move <laughs> so getting into ESG, it's, it's one that I'm really fascinated in. You know, Firstly, I mean, what is ESG? And then what role does it play within the investing uh, field? So, you know, because of my job, I often have to explain ESG in the simplest way that I can. Um, I think the most basics is when we speak of ESG, we're speaking of your environmental social governance. It's encouraging social awareness within our investing space and within our business space. So I like to say that we are a generation or we in a generation where we're moving into more um, awareness of our environment, of our community, of our social movements. So it's only natural that when we start speaking about investing, that we start looking at these things. What kind of investments are we making? What kind of businesses are we investing in? And what kind of, um, for example, your bank, what kind of investments are they making on your behalf? Are you happy with those investments? Especially when we speak about climate change, we speak about wars, we speak about human rights. So it's just as much as we put a lot of emphasis on financial performance of companies, we're also now looking at the social performance of companies, the environmental awareness of companies. So that's what we're starting to do when we look at ESG. It's integrating that kind of awareness into the business structure, into our day-to-day movement, into putting it as important as would put the financial performance of a company, if I could put it like that. Mm, let, let me see that I'm understanding it right. So, you know, essentially when we talk about shares in general and doing research, one might find a particular share and when you're deciding whether to invest in it, we'll do technical analysis, you'll do a little bit of research, you know, who's management, uh, is the company making money? So with ESG, we're now taking it a step further and we're saying we're not going to look at only the financials. We're going to look at from an environmental point of view, what's the company doing from a social point of view what's going on from a governance point of view so now we're looking at things outside of the finances but we're considering these three elements is 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 that correct in terms of my thinking in the greater scheme of things it's what is this company doing in these spaces and then obviously you start to break it down when you go into the technical aspects of it because even with your climate change and your climate awareness there's more technical aspects to it at your governance level it's looking at your more technical of diversity and inclusion, what does your board look like? It's your employees. Are your employees happy? It's the retention of those employees. So it's a wide spectrum of things that contribute to that awareness that is inclusive of your environment, your social and your governance. So yeah, you have you have it on the head. <laughs> You know, so I heard about ESG a couple of years ago, didn't pay much attention to it, but it seems to be gathering momentum, particularly globally. And it's starting to see like, you know, South Africans, local investors are also starting to get invested, uh, interested in ESG. Uh, Am I correct in my thinking and what I've been viewing? Definitely. I think one thing that was interesting for me when I entered the space was that ESG is not necessarily new. ESG was what we were doing when we would speak of compliance and your um, legacy issues. It was looking at the value of the company. What are they doing? But now with ESG, we just, we integrating it more at a face level. So we articulating what is it that companies are doing. They have to be more transparent with their stakeholders that this is what we're doing. This is how we're going about it. These are the risks we have. 
in society through our business. And this is how we're managing these risks. This is how we're mitigating these risks. So you having more articulation of what companies are doing, but also they're implementing policies and procedures in place to regulate their performance. So you consistently reviewing your ESG performance in the company. So that's why it's it's starting to pick up so much because companies are, I guess I would say that they're putting in teams in the business to who are dedicated to the ESG, looking at ESG, working on ESG. But also when you start speaking about the financial space, when you're looking for investment, a lot of investors now are looking to companies that are more sustainably aware. So I think that's also why it's come into the mainstream conversation is because there's incentive to it also. Mm, I'm interested in that incentive bit of it. What's in it for the investor? Because, you know, normally, you know, we've been taught that, you know, investing is about finding a good company that pays dividends, that gives you value, where the share price will increase. We've always been focused on the performance, on the money. And it almost seems like ESG is a little bit different in that. It's not focusing on performance per se. So then what's in it for the investor? So somebody who's thinking, "Mm, maybe I should start to consider ESG as part of my thinking when I select a company. What's in it for the investor themselves? It's quite hard because I actually have quite a lot of friends in, in the financial space. So they move in your your private equity space or your investment banking. And one of the questions or one of the impressions you get is that people always want to quantify um, ESG. What does ESG mean in numbers, right? And what we always emphasize is that ESG is helping companies recognize what risks are in place. It's recognizing what reputational risks are there in place for the company what kind of changes they need to make to manage these risks. Because also remember, we're living now in a society that's more aware because of social media. So there are high social risks if you are moving against what society deems to be more positive, especially when you're looking at things like your climate change, it's your human rights. Perception also drives interest, it drives investments, it drives popularity, which ultimately works on the financial performance of the company mm, that definitely makes sense i mean I, I was just thinking now i mean it's like investing in a company and they are involved in pollution uh they're involved in destroying the environment for me it's not only now about uh, the share price and the value there's now a, an additional component when i'm like i live on this world as well so i'd rather invest in a company that yes is, is making money but it's also taking care of the environment as well which i think is really interesting um Coletta, you know there's a number of myths that come up with esg every time that comes up there's certain myths that come up and i'd really like for us to either confirm or to bust uh, five myths around esg investing so the first one is esg investments are less risky It's a bit tough, you know. I don't necessarily think so. I'm just thinking about my own line of work. So what what we do a lot of is helping companies conduct your due diligence. And that's from an ESG lens. So looking at the performance of companies against your IFC standards. Um, So that looks at a spectrum of things across performance of, of the targets. So what we do then with your ESG is that It's not necessarily wrong or right, but it's saying, look, this is how this company performs. And in this specific sector, these are the risks. And this is how the company is performing against these risks. This is what they have in place to help mitigate these risks. And I mean, no no company will ever pass by 100%. And so when you are a prospective investor in the target, you at least know what the company is doing. And you at least know that if you take on the company, 
What kind of processes are you going to put in place? What kind of assistance do they need to perform just a bit better in that space? It's quite hard to say that they're less risky, but I can definitely say that with processes such as your due diligence, you at least have an idea of how the company is performing. What is the appetite around ESG? What have they put in place? What kind of team, what kind of structures, what kind of procedures and plans do they have in place to mitigating these risks, to working efficiently within ESG? But it just requires just a bit of effort and research in the very beginning. Ah, I see. So let's get into the second one. ESG investing is a millennial fad. So it's something that's going to go away. It's young people just making noise, worrying about the environment. Would you confirm or, or bust that myth? I hope not. As a society, we are moving to more conscious living. And that's just in a personal space, in our social awareness of each other. So ESG is just putting all of that consciousness that we are applying every day into the business spectrum of it. So I do not hope that as a society and as a people will ever move to a place where we're not being aware of the environment, being aware of each other. And because of that, I don't think businesses can shy away from that. And I don't think it's something that will fall away. I agree with you. I, th- I think there is a, a culture of investors thinking a bit more about the environment, about the social impact that these companies are having on our society, and then using that as a measurement of whether to invest in it or not. And I think it's a way to also hold the company accountable. So for me, it, it, it's definitely not a fad. So I agree with you. I want to couple the next two together because I think they, they're sort of a little bit linked. The first First is ESG investments are boring and they are not profitable uh, and come at the expense of investment performance and stakeholder value. So I hear this a lot from investors who say, yeah, it's all good and well to, to be in the ESG space, but those companies don't really make money, which I don't think is right. It doesn't sound right, but I'll, I'll leave it to you to let us know whether it's a myth to confirm or one to bust. Especially someone who's in the space of the ESG, I hope that all companies are implementing some kind of ESG. I think we kind of make ESG this whole bubble that exists completely differently. And then we're saying these are the specific companies that focus on ESG. When ESG is just saying that all companies need to be just a bit more environmentally and socially aware. What kind of governance do you put in your in the business to regulate the business from a day-to-day business? So we are at a place where we're kind of saying, look, all companies have to have some kind of social awareness, some kind of environmental awareness. What do you have in place to speak to these issues? But also, what are you doing to help mitigate any risks against these things? I think, look, we can start speaking about your specific impactful companies or your impactful investors. That's a whole different topic. But generally i see a spectrum of businesses across all types of sectors that speak on esg so no they're not they're not boring they're not boring they're your day-to-day companies that have just taken on the role of just being just a bit more conscious and they they are articulating it quite loudly what they're doing and what they're trying to do in that space yeah and even when i look at my own portfolio and i look at the companies that are within the renewable energy space and I look at what they're doing from an ESG point of view in my portfolio those are quite profitable and I feel good about it because I'm like I'm making a profit but I'm also looking at the environment and what are they doing to contribute to the world which I think is really great the last one is investors often talk about ESG but they don't actually invest in it so I think it's the it's the thing of it's there but 
do investors really care about it? You know, I think they do. If you've taken the time to understand what ESG is and what kind of impact it has on a business, then you're more likely to be open to it. You're more likely to want to engage in it and therefore probably invest in it because the risks are high to, to invest in companies blindly without an awareness beyond the financial performance of the company. Because it's a risk to the reputation of the investor to be aligned with that company. If we think about it in social media, nothing happens in isolation anymore. Because now you as Tepo are no more Tepo as an individual. You are Tepo also who works for a specific company. And it's like, well, this is your, your employee and this is... This is what they say. So is this a reflection of who you are? And obviously we can argue and it, sometimes it is a stretch, but nothing exists in isolation anymore. It's important that you are at least aware of what your prospective investment is doing. Thank you so much for, for busting and confirming uh, some of those five myths. Uh, <laughs> I, I do definitely agree with you. So to you know our investors, our listeners who might then be considering an ESG strategy. So they're hearing everything that we're saying. What are the key issues that they should be considering alongside financial factors? So when we say environmental, when we say social, when we say governance, perhaps you can give us a couple of examples under each of those three. What is it that we're actually looking at? So when we say environmental, what are we looking for? When we say social, what should we be looking for? When we say governance, what are we actually looking for? And when we speak of your environmental I think the most widely known is your climate change. It's your contribution to climate change. It's your it's your GHG emissions. It's your efficiency, so your resource efficiency. How much water do you use? How much water are you recycling? You know, it's your waste. It's how are you disposing of your waste? Is it having an, a negative environmental impact on your surroundings? It's your biodiversity. Is your company working in cohesion with the environment, with the plants, the trees, the animals, you know, so your whole biodiversity spectrum. Um, when we talk about your social, we're talking about your human rights. It's the human rights of your employees. It's the human rights of your stakeholders. So also remember that your, your ESG takes into consideration all your stakeholders. So it's your community around you. It's your investors. It's the people on your board. It's your, it's your employees. It's, it's, so it's everybody. We're talking about labor and working conditions. What kind of working conditions are your employees working in? You know, we spoke about your investment now and putting into question what kind of labor practices are in place. It's your gender and your employment. What kind of strides are you making towards gender improvement? It's your health and safety. Are your employees working in a, in a healthy and, and safe environment? Are there are they plans in place to ensure this? It's your community. It's your community safety. Your, your location is within a community. Are you aware of your community? Are you having ongoing conversation and ongoing interactions with your community? Can your community come to you and report any issues? Are you in conversation with your community to update them consistently of, of your updates, of your actions, you know? It's your supply chain. It's your third parties that you're working with. Are they looking at the same things we're looking at when we talk about ESG? So it's not just you as a company, but who are you paying? Who are you working with? Are they also putting into place these plans and these procedures that you are putting into place? It's your product safety. What kind of product are you putting out into society? And then when we talk about your governance, it's your board diversity and structure. What is your board made up of? What's the demographics of your board? 
it's your effective leadership. It's your compliance. It's compliance to your international standards as much as such your net your national standards too. So your Af- South African legislation, are you working according to it? It's your anti-bribery and corruption. It's your money laundering. More than anything, it's your data privacy. Are people away and feeling safe about how you handle their data and um, their privacy around that? So that's at a broad spectrum. That's what we look at when we talk about ESG. And those are some of the things we look at underneath it. Yeah, I think that definitely guides an investor that's considering this type of strategy and knowing what to look for. The other thing that comes up is, you know, how can investors determine or find an ESG-focused companies? I mean, is this something that's on a company's website? I mean, how, how do we find these types of companies? It's very important that companies are also articulating it on a public platform. If I'm interested in company X, if I look at the website, I have a good sense of this is what they're doing in the space. You, you know, we are against investing in child labor, for example. So what are some of the things that you are clearly articulating as a business to the whole where I, as a normal person, can can interrogate from a, from a basis level? But obviously, when we speak about your financial institutions and when you start talking about investing, then that requires a bit more thorough research. And so that's when we usually come in to do your due diligence. That's when we start looking at the company at a base level to say, okay, this is what they're doing according to all the performance standards. This is how they're working with the environment. This is how the employees are doing. These are the kind of contracts they have in place. These are the kind of policies they have in place against child labor, protection against retrenchment. So it always depends on your level of interest, um, how deeply you go into it. But one does hope that it's something that we clearly articulate as a business at a face value also, just for the normal person to be able to say, well, look, you said A, B, and C, and I feel like your actions are going against that, you know? It's transparency, it's interrogation. Out of interest, if, if an organization uh, approaches you, approaches the company that you work for, does the company and you guys do the work that you're doing and you're interrogating everything? Is there like an ESG score of some sort? <laughs> A scoring tool. No, <laughs> there's no scoring tool. There's no mark that we give to say, you know what, you got two out of ten. So when we talk about your due diligence and that process, it's saying we look at your company as a whole. And this is against your, your IFC performance standards. So we, we use the IFC performance as an international standards because that's mostly what your financial institutions are using. So usually it's quite a good benchmark to start looking at what are the performances of the company under all the eight performance standards. So in our process, we kind of articulate in the sense to say, well, look, company A has this in place. And this this is the risks to the sector specifically. So each sector has its own risks. So a company dealing in renewable energy is very different. Their risks are very different to a factory that produces food, right? So we're saying in this sector and looking at the company against the IFC um, performance standards. These are the risks unique to this business, but this is what the business is doing to mitigate these risks and to manage these risks. Because also remember, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process. It's not something you fix once and then you move on and then it's done. You, you consistently doing it because imagine just 
integrating with your community. That's an ongoing process. It requires ongoing conversation with your community. So it's that ongoing process. So what we do then is to say, well, these are the risks. This is the comp- this is what the company has done. These are some of the gaps. This is what they could do differently. And then usually then we'll put together something we called um, an ESAP. So it's your action items. So we'll be saying to the investor, well, this target company that you want to, to work with, this is a full report of how they're performing against all these all these subheadings and these are the gaps. So therefore, when you come in, because you probably want the company to be a lot more robust in their in their performance, you have the opportunity then to interrogate what are the gaps and how can those gaps be closed out? Do you need to employ more people? Do you need to put in more procedures? So we help you then understand what have they done and what still needs to be done. So there's no score, but there's a very detailed feedback on this is what they're doing already. And what do they need to do to mitigate those risks and, and recommendations and all of that? That definitely makes sense. Last but not least, Coletta, why do you think ESG is the future of finance and investing? I mean, you work in that space uh, and, and it seems like you're very passionate about it. I think it's the future because we cannot afford to live in isolation to society and to the environment. As people and as companies, as industries, we cannot afford to live in isolation anymore. There are issues that just require everyone to put in their hand and to put in some kind of effort. What you probably consider the private sector to also put their hand in, we move more as a society than just expecting only civil society to do it. And look, we can speak about the financial deterrence of not being aware of these issues. We can talk about the financial implications of not being aware of these issues. I think if we're consciously moving as conscious beings, then we also need to put that same expectation on where we put our money, on what we support, you know. So that's why I'm quite passionate about it, is because we're really trying to be more consciously living. And companies don't exist in isolation to that, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, we can obviously talk about the effects of climate change. We can talk about the environmental degradation happening around us. So who contributes towards that? And those people who contribute towards that, we would want to hope that they're doing something to alleviate that, to lessen what we see, because it has implications for everybody, you know? Yeah, and, and I think, you know, as we're having this conversation, I keep thinking and wondering, as an investor, as a listener of the podcast, should you be investing in companies that don't align to what you believe in? If you believe that South Africa needs to be more diverse in boards of companies, we need to have more black people, more females, yet you're investing in companies that don't do that, should you be thinking about that? Or if you think about the environment and you're investing in companies that don't take care of the environment, even though they're making a profit, you've got to start to think about that. You've got to start thinking about social things that affect us as human beings. But if you're investing in a company that doesn't care about those things, what does that say about you? And that's what I kept thinking throughout this this discussion. What should be the key takeaway for some of our listeners? Look, I think there is a bit of pressure for companies to articulate some kind of alignment. What are they about? This is outside of just the day-to-day business, but what are they concerned about when it comes to the environment? What kind of policies do do they have that speak to 
some of the exclusion lists, you know, so companies will, will clearly articulate that, look, we don't involve ourselves with brands that hire child labor. If a company is articulating it, that means you put yourself kind of at the mercy of society when society says, well, look, you said this, but this company you're affiliated with is probably working in a country where there's no labor laws. So now there has to be a clear action plan that follows how you actually move day to day. ESG investing and everything you need to know about it with Coletta Simungu, ESG consultant at IBIS Consulting. Coletta, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I hope I helped bust a few myths, but also just to like bring ESG to a day-to-day conversation because I think as technical as it can get, it's also our day-to-day conversation. It's no different to the conversations we have on social media when we speak of just being aware, Mm. just being aware of everyone around you, being aware of the environment around you, being aware of the kind of changes that society, the world is going through because before this, we didn't care. You know, we didn't care what kind of emissions we put into the earth and how much of those emissions... And so now we say, well, these are, this is what we're living with. And, and that's a result of those actions. So going forward, we can't afford to not care anymore, basically. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Desert podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.